This is an RNZ podcast. Having our own people tell our own stories and ask the questions that our communities want to hear is so vital. A newsroom should reflect all of society. I've been a journalist for more than 30 years and there hasn't been a day that I haven't felt privileged or proud to represent my people. Have you ever wondered what it would feel like to share your community's voice with the nation? This could be your moment, your launch pad to an exciting career. Go to thatethoughtjournalism.co.nz to find out more. The voices of broadcasters Stacey Morrison and Mike McRoberts there in ads that you might have seen recently during news and current affairs shows on some channels. They're promoting the Terito Journalism Project, a new collaboration between four media companies, NZME, News Hub, Fakata Māori, Māori Television and the Pacific Media Network. Now, as you heard there, the project is actively seeking trainee journalists to boost the diversity of New Zealand's newsrooms and eventually the news itself. And to better target younger candidates, there are also ads like this one on social media platforms as well. Use your words, your voice, and help us to tell Aotearoa's diverse stories. Become a Terito cadet and earn while you train as a junior journalist. Experiencing all facets of journalism with four. Now, as the ad said there, these are paid positions and it's the public that's paying $2.4 million over two years to identify, train, develop, and hire 25 cadet journalists. The money is coming from the Public Interest Journalism Fund, which was introduced this year by the current government, and the fund is administered by the government's broadcasting funding agency New Zealand On Air. And when the funding was announced back in July, I asked New Zealand On Air's head of journalism, Raywin Rash, why. There is an, uh, a huge need. At the moment, there is no institution in New Zealand that trains Māori journalists. And the training that we do have has been sort of funneled into the, into three-year degrees. The number of applications that we had from the industry shows that they see an absolute need to not only uh, bring more people into the journalism sector, but also to train them. We are having conversations with the journalism education sector to see, OK, so, you know, what's happening? Why is it that you are producing um, uh, graduates and yet the industry is still saying it's underserved? Māori journalism is completely um, at, at a crisis state. The only training really being offered to Māori journalists is via Māori TV, who managed to identify you know, some stars um, from Kura, bring them in and give them a little bit of training, and then they are poached. New Zealand on air head of journalism, Raywin Rash there, telling me back in July a publicly funded cadetship programme was needed now to fill gaps in training and in our newsrooms. But why has it got to this when Māori radio and TV broadcasters have been publicly funded for many years now and there's a separate Māori broadcasting funding agency, Tangai Pāho? There are several journalism schools and tertiary courses around the country already, though not as many as there used to be, as well as internship programmes at the media companies themselves. Shortly we'll hear from a leading journalism teacher who's dug deep into the record of our journalism schools and our media companies in this area and we'll also hear from the just-appointed leader of the Torito Journalism Scheme. But first, the problem that the project is trying to address is a long-standing one in New Zealand's news media. Put simply, too few Māori and Pacific Island journalists for far too long. Auckland Star journalist Gary Wilson established the first cadetships and training courses after he realised there was almost no diversity at all around him back in the 1980s. I did a survey which revealed that less than 2% 
of New Zealand journalists were Maori or Pacific Islanders. And over just the course of six or seven years from those courses, um, there were nearly 80 young Maori and PIs who went into journalism. There was a talent there and there was a stepping stone to other courses that we set up, one at Wairiki and Rotorua and another one at um, Manukau. There's one sort of simple thing that can um, lead to spotting brown talent, nurturing and mentoring that talent into significant roles within the media. Gary Wilson talking to Media Watch in December last year. But even though Māori news and programming began to increase through the 1990s, that Manukau Polytechnic course he established was closed down in 1993. Now in 2005, his successor at the journalism training organisation, Jim Tucker, found 12% of current students at journalism schools around the country had a Māori background, and that was an improvement, but... Only 1.6% had a Pacific Island background and less than one in a hundred were of Asian origin. Little effective effort was being made to attract them into the media, Jim Tucker said at the time, and they turned again to Gary Wilson for help. Now he said that a Pacifica journalism school would help improve the flow of talent, but it didn't happen. Now, when Massey University journalism professor James Hollings analysed census data from 2006 and then conducted his own survey of New Zealand journalists, he found the trade still overwhelmingly European and Pākehā, even though Māori Television had launched two years earlier. And the following year, the Equal Employment Opportunities Commissioner Judy McGregor, a former newspaper editor, condemned the whole situation as embarrassing. And 12 years after that, when the original training pioneer Gary Wilson was honoured with the New Zealand Order of Merit for Services to Media last year, he didn't mince his words either. There's still a very white and largely ignorant mainstream media doing mostly a lousy job of covering Māori and Pacific issues, he said. There's a very fragmented and in many cases relatively amateur Māori and Pacific Island range of media organisations doing their best, he added, but the way they're overseen probably hasn't helped. It's three years since Tepuni Kōkiri, the Ministry of Māori Development, launched the Māori Media Sector Shift Review to revitalise and reorganise Māori media. A 2019 Cabinet paper noted there was no coordinated strategy for talent recruitment or development. A draft review, Tao Papaho Māori, Heara was eventually launched by the former minister, Nanaia Mahuta, late last year. And she proposed a media centre of excellence for training to be located within Māori television and a single Māori news service there as well. But the rest of the Māori media sector and commentators panned the idea and now a new review is underway under another new minister of Māori development, Willie Jackson, himself a former broadcaster and boss at the urban Māori station Radio Wātea. So whatever changes this review will bring aren't exactly imminent. But in the meantime, the Tarito Journalism Cadetship Project is up and running. And last week, its first kaihotu was appointed, Isa Luamanu. I've been in media for the last 22 years. I was at Sky TV for 20 years in various roles in the content and acquisition team. Um, and recently I've been in content development at Oriana TV, which is a small Wellington radio um, TV station. And primarily being Samoan and studying at Te Wangana or Aotearoa recently, um, I've wanted to go back to my community and I believe in the kaupapa that the Te Rito Journalism Programme stands for. 
Yeah, and I've always wanted to be a journalist, but I was a little intimidated by the industry, um, partly because um, being Samoan, it's not one of those kind of usual industries or careers that we go into. So I'd love to be a part of a program that supports this change for diverse voices. When people noted your appointment, was there was a little bit of surprise that it wasn't um, the name of a journalist. You know, they recognised or someone who's track record in journalism, they recognised. I have reservations about applying for the role for that um, particular reason that I didn't necessarily have a journalism background, um, but I do have this passion and, and love for it. Um, and more importantly, I think as, as being the programme lead, I suppose I have the opportunity to hire the right people to support those necessary elements in the programme. And what sort of people do you want? Who is it you want to see applications from? We welcome all who offer a diverse and inclusive voice. Um, and in honour of Te Tiriti or Waitangi, um, 10 cadets who will be required to speak Te Reo fluently and will be earmarked for the Māori and Iwi media. Uh, the remainder 15 cadets will come from diverse cross-section of Aotearoa four different media organisations. Um, you know, Māori Television, Whakata Māori is one of them that, that you mentioned there, but there's also News Hub uh, and NZME, uh, for example. So once they're picked, will they go straight into the, you know, the big newsrooms and be working on a whole range of news? We've hired seasoned journalists and trainer Eileen Cameron as our head trainer. Along with our team of trainers and newsroom leaders, each cadet will also have a mentor, um, and they will be supported through their 11-week Wangana-style learning on journalism basics to their placements in our partner newsrooms for the remainder of the curriculum. And our goal is to create a hurutanga, or safe space, to ensure our cadets' success in the programme. They won't be put in there directly. But in time, say, if we went, let's say, five years into the future after the commencement of the programme, if at least half or two-thirds aren't working in full-time journalism roles, would you be disappointed? As you well know, there's many different roles um, within these existing um, organisations or the collaboration that we've got as part of our partnerships. The aim is to get um, the majority of our cadets in as journalists, but if they manage to find roles elsewhere in the media organisations doing other roles, that will even be fantastic as well. Yeah, Raywin Rash, the head of journalism at New Zealand On Air, when she announced the Tirito uh, project back in July, she said, look, there are immediate gaps. There's a crisis now, she said, particularly in Māori journalism. What are the specific gaps you think that most urgently need to be filled and that, you know, Tirito cadets in time um, might be able to make a difference? Um, recently, we, you know, some of the issues that we had with uh, perception, I suppose, in some stories like the COVID outbreak and the Samoan AOG community cluster. Um, a lot of the many early news stories were focused on low vaccination rates for Basfika, but it didn't offer context in that 60% of Basfika are under the age of 30 and weren't vaccinated due to the MOH strategy. Um, if you've broken it down by age groups, Pacifica were almost aligned with um, Pacifica, um, with um, Pakia New Zealand. Um, and I suppose in terms of the gaps um, around contextual journalism and offering a well-balanced news space is essential in such cases of national interest, as we all know what happened later on with some prejudice overtures that followed. Um, there's also a gap in the unique storytelling that cultural perspectives can offer um, Teddy to definitely wants to kind of you know resolve some of those issues.
Yeah, I saw an interview you did with 531PI last week, and again, you pointed to that story you just mentioned there, the uh, Assembly of God of Samoa Church, and uh, the, the way that whole thing was reported. I know there was unhappiness about that. Is that even some of the, the organisations who are part of this project in the mainstream, where their reporting simply wasn't good enough? Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of the leading stories, and something because personally um, it affected, you know, people that I knew, um, you know, uh, Ainga and, and family, and it was quite a hurtful situation. I think it's really important to create, um, I suppose, an avenue for people to sort of understand uh, some of the data, getting that balance um, in terms of the information that's supplied and the context that can be offered, um, particularly in, in terms of offering a, a different perspective. Yeah, because on that story, I mean, specifically, if people don't know what we're talking about, there were uh, routine references to low vaccination rates among the church membership and even the, the wider community in which it was cited in Mangare, which turned out actually not to be true. What annoyed people, I think, was also no mention of the fact they were also quite well advanced and organised community vaccination drives that were ongoing that weren't kind of mentioned. So a bit of an assumption that because of perhaps the location, the geography and ethnicity that um, then actually misled people who saw those stories. Oh, completely. And, you know, and if we can make a change in voicing those uh, different perspectives on there and actually giving a more balanced um, version of it, and, and that's why Tereto is really important to uh, improve those stories and we have them out in the newsrooms. But there's a problem, I guess, with this in a sense that it's coming from that public interest journalism fund. We know that the opposition parties don't support it. They've criticised it and said the government shouldn't be spending money on media. Are you worried about that? There's only a two-year horizon for this. Yeah, I'm not not particularly worried about it. I mean, I definitely can you know uh, understand the fact that it is uh, TD2 is funded for only one year with a provision to apply for funding for the second year. So, um, and, and I suppose there's no change in the government during that time period. And more importantly, from the outset, our goal was to inject more diverse uh, voices into the media industry quickly, and the PIJ fund allows for that to happen. And we're confident that every cadet who meets required standards will be employed in 2023. So if we at least have 15 new journalists by then, that's a fabulous result, considering it is a a short-term project as such. And more, you know, and I suppose we've got a great team, um, you know, cross-section of partners, where we can um, hopefully sustain it without necessarily having that support at some point. So it's great that New Zealand on air and strongly believes in the project to support it for this time period in the meantime so that we can get um, cadets or diverse voices out in these um, newsrooms. Well, back in July when the funding was announced for this, the $2.4 million, um, New Zealand on air made a point of saying, look, around about 40% of this is specifically for projects that will benefit Māori journalism. I mean, there's a whole range of them um, here from, you know, just as one small example, um, Rotorua Weekender newspaper um, will have a, a weekly bilingual te reo Māori and English section. Um, Pakiwaha, the Watea uh, news radio programme, uh, gets um, m- money to expand its itself as a breakfast and current affairs program for iwi radio stations. There's a whole range, but they will also require the people. I wonder, is it going to be difficult to attract you know, graduates to a journalism program or applicants while at the same time the fund is also funding a lot of sort of mid-level uh, journalism projects throughout the media? It may be difficult to staff all of these things. 
that's something that's yet to be determined um, with all these initiatives that the you know, New Zealand on there is um, trying to achieve through the fund. But I think over time, and, and maybe that's a thing with this quick injection across various um, Māori and um, Pasifika networks, um, and more importantly, that we do have this collaboration with mainstream broadcasters like News Hub and NZME, that we do see sustainability. The whole Māori media sector is under review. It went on for a couple of years, didn't appear to go anywhere. Now there's a new review under the new Minister of Māori Development, uh, and who knows what that will conclude. But you have people saying things need to change at Māori Television. You even have a producer like Bailey Mackey um, calling for Māori Television to be, in his words, put out of its misery and replaced with something new. So there are forces that really want to change in fundamental ways, the Māori media sector particularly. Um, does it concern you that whatever the cadets are coming into, the whole scope of the Māori media sector might be completely different in a couple of years if you know certain people in the industry and politicians get their way? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's always been discussions about reform and multimedia, but I think there will always be some sort of organisation to cater for um, te reo cadets and you know, specifically around Māori newsrooms because of the fact that we have to honour that aspect of the treaty. Whether it be in the form of Māori TV, uh, you know, that's something we definitely uh, want longevity in it. Reform and all that stuff, that's all open for um, public discussion and, and government debate. So that's not where Teddy Tools place is. Um, but we do hope that there will always be um, placements for the, our cadets uh, long term. You know, there's been great appetite and support at News Hub for Real. Um, so it's really important that it isn't necessarily just specifically in those organisations, but you know, spread throughout um, mainstream media as well. But finally, Giza, applications open right now and the commercials are out there running uh, trying to get people to show an interest. Is there a particular deadline uh, that people need to look out for if they do want to be involved? We have a deadline, um, say, mid to end November. We're just um, keeping it open because we're mindful that with COVID, it's been quite a difficult time for you know, many people to organise their lives. So we're thinking about having two intakes. There might be we'll take a first lot um, this side of Christmas and then another lot just before the programme starts on the 7th of February. That was Gisa Luamanu, the first kaihotu of the Terito Journalism Project, billed as the country's first comprehensive Māori and Diverse Voices Journalism Cadetship Scheme, funded from the government's Public Interest Journalism Fund. Now, coincidentally, at about the same time the Torito scheme was unveiled, a long-serving journalism educator completed a long look at journalism education and its engagement with Te Ao Māori. Bernard Whelan is a tutor at Massey University's Journalism and Communication School who's taught at three other tertiary institutions as well down the years. And in July, he published a PhD thesis called He Whakanunu, Kairi Puata no Aotearoa, Journalism Education of This Place. So does he think the cadetship scheme will make a difference. It's a great development. It's going to provide a bridgehead for a significant number of Māori journalists in newsrooms and others not represented. It's only part of the fix for me. Mentoring is going to be utterly critical in this, but it's only for two years. What happens then? But it's more than having this group of people with a great mentor. It's the environment they go into. And that was the focus of my research in journalism education. Raywin Rash also said to us back in uh, July, 
no institution was training Māori journalists except for, she said, Māori television. I think later she qualified that by saying Radio Wātea, the urban Māori station in Auckland, was also doing a bit of that. Um, but she said, look, uh, this is, there's a crisis stage. Is she, is, is, do you agree with her? Because I guess that would mean that journalism schools and internship programmes have kind of failed to deliver enough Māori Pacific and other diverse voices into our newsrooms. There are a few moving parts. Firstly, there's a 30 years of research which basically shows Māori and others don't see themselves represented in media, so why, why would they bother going into journalism school? That's our first battle. Uh, every journalism school has been producing Māori graduates every year. Figures I was able to sh- use showed uh, across several years was consistently about 10% on average. So yes, there could and should be more. The bigger issue is industry churn. Industry have to work out how to keep its talent in the environment. What do they have to do internally to make that happen? There are still one-year programs in journalism education, good graduate and postgraduate programs. That's So that statement from Ray Wynn came out in July. She's since had a lot of communication with journalism schools and who we have been planned. There's more that we can do in tertiary education. For a start, I'd like to see more Māori journalism educators. And we also need to work more closely with the Māori departments in our institutions. However, the bigger problem, as I said, is the environment that our graduates go into and the industry churn. Well, what, what actually are the gaps in newsrooms and news media that Tereto cadets could most usefully fill? I mean, is it actually going into the Māori media organisations themselves, like Māori Television, that are supporters of this, or Pacific Media Network, or is it? do you think it's more more important that, or just as important they go to the likes of NZME, um, News Hub, which are also supporters of this, which are you know not specifically Māori media? In that context, because, because you're talking about mainstream, they'll be bringing different voices. They'll expand the context of every, every story, potentially, as I said. Uh, PhD research by... Atakuhu Middleton, which came out last year, gives an insight into what journalism looks like when it's practised by Māori. That's why I'm arguing in He Whakangugu Kairipoata no Aotearoa, journalism education of this place. I'm arguing for that. Hence, I talk about the environment needing to change as well. Yeah, in your um, very comprehensive thesis, uh, the word that keeps coming up is deficit. Um, the, the dominating focus on the deficit, you called it at one point. So I guess there's, there's two ways of seeing that. One is in news reporting down there, often the deficit of Māori you know, performance and education and uh, socioeconomic indicators, all that sort of thing, that has become you know, a focus of news media coverage. And also within the industry, right, um, as has been pointed out, and one of the reasons for Te Rito, just a deficit in numbers and attracting uh, cadets, journalists, trainees at the entry level and then having them filter through the whole system to the point where they can accurately reflect Māori stories, Māori issues, te ao Māori and so on into our news media. There are interesting connections. I mean, in, in doing academic research, you've got to be careful not to extrapolate too much beyond what you're researching. But So my focus is on how tertiary education measures and has this sharp focus consistent over the years on Māori failure rates. I say turn the focus on failure of tertiary systems, which are Western in nature, turn the focus on journalism education, which is Western in nature. And we could say then, say the same about news media, which is Western in nature. 
we can look at how journalism could be practiced in a different way. So, uh, and that's going to take people coming out of programs like t uh, Tarito, but also it's going to take a different a change in environment that 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 will allow that to happen as well. But what sort of ways should journalism change to incorporate this? I mean, for example, some of the recruitment commercials and, and promotions for the Tarito project have people saying, I'm passionate about telling my stories um, of, and stories of my people. But if, if you're an editor who acknowledges that there's been a deficit in hiring, retaining, promoting uh, Māori and Pacific Island journalists, you know, you, you know, you'd be looking for journalists who will be able to report to all New Zealanders on all news issues and not a specific cultural background. So is it a conflict? No, I don't think so. And I think this comes to the heart of what I'm talking about. Māori, and in fact other cultures, have had to be bicultural for 180 years or more. It's actually the others of us, mainly Pākehā, right, who have not had to be bicultural. That's where I talk about we're the ones who have to change or transform as media organisations and also as journalism schools. There are some fascinating uh, vignettes in your thesis of interviews with actual journalists. And I've just picked out one of them. This is um, just identified as Sam. Sam says, I really, really worry we don't attract enough Māori and Pacifica into journalism, and then we see them out there as almost lone practitioners in white newsrooms. It's a bruising experience. It isn't healthy. It isn't enough to hire one, two Māori reporters in the newsroom. I don't know what the threshold is, but a certain number or proportion of people you need to really make a difference to the culture of a place and for it to be really safe for those handful of reporters. Now, this is something you know I have seen you know, where... Māori issues reporters in newsrooms that are almost alone doing all those stories and that, that very thing play out. Sam talked about a story where um, a treaty settlement and the editor wanting, pressuring Sam to write the story from the base of, like, how are they spending our money, you know, accountability, the spending from this treaty settlement and, and having to um, battle to make sure that a or divisive kind of headline and presentation was, was put on the story. These are the real battles that take place, aren't they, in newsrooms? They are. I don't think there's a newsroom these days in this country that would do that. That that was Sam reflecting on some history of that uh, personal experience. But there's a shift in expectations as well. They're not going to put up with... While I, while I don't think we see that sort of what are they doing with our money sort of headline threatened these days. But, but that could I be an entirely I... legitimate uh, area of inquiry, right? I mean, all readers, whether they're Māori readers of whatever news outlet that was or uh, the the rest of, of the readership, they may well want to know um, how the money's been spent, how it's being accounted for. And, um, you know, the, the fact that that may, be, may seem too direct an inquiry or maybe somehow damaging when you take into account Tao Māori. These are the kind of things that are going to have to be settled and discussed, aren't they? And, you know, that is a very traditional sort of news treatment. Uh, a settlement's been reached. It's an issue of public interest and concern. Who are the people um, who are overseeing this? Are they doing a great job? Be in Māori people's interest to know that um, or that the iwi concerned as well as, you know, anybody. This is where I come to. Those traditional understandings are going to need to shift to an extent. So I'm not saying that we don't have those sort of stories or we don't have that sort of focus. But 
it comes from a different place. I think a really good example going on right now is the occupation out on Miramar Peninsula, right? which is a breakaway group within local iwi. Uh, the coverage of that has been handled really well by local media. That's a good example of what I feel they're, they're working carefully through the fact that there is division within a Māori community and how far do we go in reporting that division? This Tereto Journalism Cadetship Scheme will be funded from the Public Interest Journalism Fund. It's got a, a span of two years. Now, the fund itself is a government initiative. The opposition parties have clearly said they don't support it. They don't like the idea of more public money for a wider range of, of media. Um, so, look, if the government changes, uh, it's entirely possible this fund uh, will no longer exist. Do you see that as a real problem here, that um, this is, could end up being a short-term measure when it needs to be part of a longer-term solution? That's why I think the environment needs to change, you know, to, to take it forward. So, yeah, so my focus is on that environment that Tarito and other projects are going into. Because if those environments don't change, then even if there is further funding from Tarito, it's only going to have so much of an impact. Eight years ago, I finished my master's thesis, and it, which looked at leadership and learning in newsrooms. And that showed that there'd been a significant shift in the way newsroom leadership operated. The way they looked after young journalists, one editor particularly made the point that they were taking more care. More recently, we've heard all more Tereo voices, more Pacific voices in media. All of that is great. So that's where I talk about promising signposts. But as I said, there are these gaps that still show are going to show up because the environments are not transformed enough to sustain these um, young body journalists who may be coming in. That was Bernard Whelan, journalism educator at Massey University and author of He Whakanunu, Kairia Poata no Aotearoa, Journalism Education of This Place, a PhD thesis study of journalism's engagement with Te Ao Māori. And there he was talking to me about the newly unveiled Te Rito Journalism Cadetship Scheme.